it's about to get real. Jonette Sumner joins me and we talk about The Dark Side of Paradise, Part 2. Well, good evening, good night, wherever you are. Welcome one more time to Real Nurse Real, a time when we stop and we consider what's really going on, uh, especially here, of course, in the island of Bermuda. Uh, a time when we stop to consider, well, what are we doing and how can we improve? How can we come up with solutions? Again, this is Real Nurse Real. I'm yours truly, Dr. Maria Seaman, pastor of Shekinah Worship Center, and it's always good to greet you, our social community, our online community, to know that we are dealing with a topic that you are concerned about, you're interested in, and also we recognize you want to hear solutions. And so this is our part two. (laughs) Last week we had quite a part one, and many of you were calling for the part two just as we were concluding. And so indeed we are back, hopefully to continue to add insight and then to further give a direction for some solutions. Now, I will say, of course, looking at the topic, before I bring my guest on, looking at the topic, the dark side of paradise, we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, and yet there is a dark side. And if we don't begin to really deal with and talk about what's going on, um, the dark side gets darker, folks. What we were talking about 20 years ago has increased in darkness. Here's the thing. I firmly believe it is vitally important to talk. If not, we're sweeping it under the carpet. We're not dealing with it until it is at our doorstep or in our own homes. Um, You know, it's summertime in Bermuda. Who wants to talk about the dark side of Bermuda? We don't. Then we get to the winter, we experience it. Then we get to the summer again, we forget about it. Nope, we are going to discuss it. And so as per last week, I have a guest, um, one who is very well-known as a community activist, especially as it pertains to education and to having a heart for the young people of Bermuda not to be lost in paradise. How about that? Um, to see to it that they understand there is hope beyond their circumstances. And so we're going to invite her on, uh, and then we're going to pray, then we're going to get started, all right? So I want to welcome back another time. Here we are, Ms. Shonette <laughs> Sumner. God bless you. Welcome, Shonette. Good evening, good evening. <laughs> yes, we're back. Good to have you here. And thank you again. It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference when um, you've got someone that you can communicate with. And at the end of it, you really feel like, wow, we've gotten some insight here and perhaps provided some hope uh, for those who are searching. There are those who are searching. So thank you for joining us again and for availing yourself. It's Thank no you. small thing, lady. You are a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, yes. 
But um, but this is important, so it's not a problem. Amen. Amen. So let me pray, and then we're going to get to the video that we talked a lot about last week. Such deep, insightful meaning to it. We're going to talk about it. First, let's pray. Father God, in heaven, another time, God, we are so grateful we can talk to you. God, I ask that you would be with us as we discuss this concern, especially regarding our Bermuda. God, help us to speak well of the hope that lies within us, as well as dealing with the reality of concern because of what's going on. I thank you for Sister Shawnette and how she has availed herself to be here to share and add wonderful commentary, insightful it is to the topic we are concerned about. God, you have your way. And at the end of it, God, we will continue to keep hope alive. This is our prayer. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Jonette, what we're going to do is play this video, and then we are going to go from there. Again, to everyone, please share to your page. Um, invite your friends. You know, Tag them on your own Facebook page when you share, and have them to hear what we will speak concerning. So let's show the video. We're not going to that PowerPoint yet. Pay attention. Here we go. Are on the horizon. I don't know if you guys have seen this commentary floating around, but I'm going to read it to you because I think it is significant. The founder of Dubai, Sheikh Rashid, was asked in an interview about the future of his country, and he replied, my grandfather rode a camel. My father rode a camel. I ride a Mercedes. My son will ride a Land Rover. My grandson will ride a Land Rover, but my great-grandson will have to ride a camel again. When asked why, his response was, hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men, and weak men create difficult times. Many will not understand it, but we need to create warriors, not parasites. Add to that the historical reality that all great empires, the Persians, the Trojans, the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians, and later the British, all rose and perished within 240 years. They were not conquered by external enemies. They were rotten and destroyed from within. America has reached that 240 year mark and it is starting to become visible and accelerating. We are past the Mercedes and Land Rover years. The camels are now on the horizon. The greatest generation consisted of 18-year-old kids that stormed the beaches of Normandy. And now, two generations later, some kids, some 18-year-olds, want to hide in a safe room when words hurt their feelings. They want free stuff from the government because they think they are entitled to it. The camels are on the horizon for sure. History has a funny way of repeating itself. Powerful, absolutely powerful. Yeah. Uh, history apparently repeats itself, right? Mm -hmm. Cycle of events. Let's pick out some of the things that she mentioned. Uh, I want to start, let me start with this one, and then I'll throw the bowl to you. 
that we won't be destroyed, Bermuda, I'm talking about my home, our home, Bermuda, we won't be destroyed from external forces. We're going to be destroyed. We are slowly being eroded. The erosion is taking place by internal forces, by what is going on inside of Bermuda with our families' homes. Um, so if we don't get to the root of where the cycle has begun, we're destroying ourselves. How else can you explain black on black violence on a black people, a majority black population who feel they can't survive in their own island? We're doing it to ourselves. That's one of the powerful points that I picked up from that. Um, you, I'm going to let it bunch to you. Give me one that you picked up on from that video. Well, I just wanted to speak about the internal forces because I think for far too long, we have, I think a lot of our internal forces do come from outside. I mean, we're, you know, as some people refer to us as just a tiny dot or whatever you call it, we're a small jurisdiction in the Atlantic Ocean and we're getting things from somewhere. It's almost like when a child is imitating a parent and we say, well, where did you get that from? That child has been watching and now imitating the parent. So we get a lot of our influence from, yes, TV, but we're not producing television shows here in Bermuda. So where are we getting it from? We're getting it from the U.S. We're getting it from the U.K. We're getting it from Canada. We're getting it from everywhere. And of course, it's like everything that we get, we have to try it as one big experiment. Um, the only unfortunate thing about these experiments is that once the experiment, and you would notice um, through you know your expertise in science, that an experiment can sometimes go terribly wrong. Right? Yeah, let me let me let me let me bounce off of something you said. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Um, you grew up in a time. I grew up in a time <laughs> when our parents said something like this. I don't care what Mrs. So-and-so's children right. doing. Mm -hmm. Don't bring it in this house. Mm -hmm. My thing is that's what we're now missing, that type of parent. Right. That's because like, yeah. yeah. But but that's because somewhere along the way, um somebody thought it was okay to allow children to express themselves. And again, that's an experiment. But where do you draw the line? It's okay that you can express yourself, but someone has to, you know, we talk about time and place. Someone has to teach you the time and place to express yourself and the tone in which you express yourself. It's not a free for all. And, you know, well, I'm just going to say what I have to say, regardless of whose feelings it hurts or whatever comes out of my mouth, whoever it offends. And I'm not saying that sometimes we don't have to be a little more forceful with our words, but there comes a time when we, in our generation, we understood when we were crossing the line of offensiveness, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's missing now because, and, and I'm going to explain it to you this way. 
and this is what we've lost. I think we've we've lost the grip on on this. I remember teaching in a particular high school, and I might have alluded to this in part one, but in a particular high school, we had some, and I'm not generalizing old parents, but we had some parents at that time who had extremely unruly children, very unruly children, and the parents supported this behavior. Um, there was nothing that you could say to the parent about this child's poor behavior that the parent was going to accept. And that particular generation, having these unruly children way back then, those unruly children are now adults and they have children. So we have at least three, at least three, possibly four, at least three generations of unruliness. And again, I want to emphasize within those three generations, we have some great parents. We have some great grown up children. We have some great younger children. But there is a large number within those three generations that were unruly. And now we're, see we're seeing the end result. We're seeing it. Yeah, you know, we're seeing it. You know, we, again, this is bears repeating that Bermuda is so tiny mm -hmm. that whatever happens, it's a turnover that's very quick. Absolutely. And so it's very painful that two and three generations later, it's out of control in mm -hmm. some situations. Exactly. Let me read some of the uh, comments um, that we want to, that our people are making. Good night to everyone. God bless you. All right. Uh, out of Janice Battersby says, wow, was thinking about this cycle this morning and that America was at the end of her greatness due to self-implosion. Yep. Yep. Destroyed from within. Um, Kimaria, my firstborn, she's saying destroyed from the root. God, every cycle that is unlike you. That's that's our prayer. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, superintendent again saying. We aren't producing the television shows, but we are allowing them due to popular demand. But what's popular is not always right. And then this here, um, good word, the line. Where is the line, the standard? Ah, oh, boy, oh boy. And then superintendent saying, the Lord will visit the sins of the fathers upon the children, even to the third and fourth generation. And that's what so we're that's saying now. Yo, come on. And you know it because of where you have worked, especially for what, 10 years? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and ironically, just today I had that conversation with um, one of our clients. We were just talking and he was talking about how he is ready to do better. And he shared with me a lot of the, the a lot of the things that he was doing very openly when his child or when his son was a child. And he talked about some of the dealings he was doing, going from place to place with the child in the car, um, things he was doing, you know, in the, in the house, in the presence of the child. And one of the things he said to me just today was, I raised this boy to be the way he is. And unfortunately, 
the sun has been in and out and looking to possibly go in again very, very soon. But he's realizing that, you know what? I need to stop. I'm getting older. I'm, I'm too old for this. I need to stop. But how do you stop your son or your daughter who is now a grown, a full-grown adult who now has to figure it out as best they can because they can only go by what they learned growing up? You know, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And so if that grandfather now does not have that tight, respectful relationship with his son, he can influence his son who can influence the grandson. So exactly. by by default, isn't that something? By default plan, mm-hmm. you know, default, it's going to happen automatically. Mm-hmm. It continues as a cycle. Exactly. Uh, that, yeah. Exactly. And that's why, um, Seanette, I keep saying I care about all the children, all the young adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we don't address what we see in the little ones, you keep pointing at the older ones trying to deal with them in general, while the little ones are being missed. Mm-hmm. And we're missing too many little ones who grow up without a father and they're angry and they want to get back at the world because rightfully they have been um, deprived of something that they should have had. Right. And that is why you, you just touched on something very important. And that is why, as we see a lot of this dysfunction right now, why I do not like the term at risk, because what it is, is that they are all disenfranchised. They are all kept from that, whatever we want to call proper way of being brought up. Um, kept from learning about standards and morals and and all of that, and through no fault of their own, right? And so, because I tell people all the time, we're all at risk. We're at risk when we wake up in the morning and step in the shower. You know, we can slip, bump our head, and that's the end of us. But it's not so much about being at risk. They're disenfranchised because there is so much or because they so many cards stacked against them, when all we mostly hope for when we take a look at that newborn baby is for this child to grow up and be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's pull up another part, because we're talking about it anyway, from Mm -hmm. the video. I thought it was like, wow. You know, talking about the fact that his son will will drive... uh, Mercedes. His mm-hmm. father rode a camel, you know, but the son's going to have a, this nice car. The grandson's going to have an even better car, mm-hmm. but he needs his great grandson to go back to the camel. Here's <laughs> something that I just knew from a team, you know, if we, if I want to survive in Bermuda, I'm going to have to fight to get an education. If mm-hmm. not, I'm going to be a lackey and I'm just going to be doing any old job to try to make ends meet. Right. And so what, what we have created, to me, I, I see it. How can we have, I'm going to use this term, I think it's illegal. How can we have gangsters so well-dressed, haircut, all sharp, but they don't have jobs and they're killing each other? Right. We well, again, yeah. Again, it's, 
but again, it goes back to, you know, we say, and, and again, this is a this is a phrase that concerns me or just really aggravates me, to be honest. Every time we have another murder and people say it's senseless, right? Now, to us, it's senseless. To them, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense to them because... Again, if you are growing up in a household of violence, and I'm speaking about those who are, because every young person that we see out committing these crimes are not necessarily coming from bad hands. Um, peer pressure is very powerful. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stray for a bit here because we say to children, oh, well, if someone says bothering you, just walk away. It's not that simple. In this day and age, when you turn your back and walk away, um, something's coming at your back, right? So getting back to what we're seeing, if you, if you are a young person continuously growing up around violence, where you're seeing it in your household, you're seeing your uncle and your daddy fist fighting, you're seeing you know your dad and your mom slapping each other about, you're seeing um, the, the children are fighting and just hitting each other because, you know, somebody got the biggest slice of cake or whatever. You've got the drug use. You've got people's brains are numb. You've got all of that going, in, in, going on in your house. How on earth do we think they're going to just walk out the door and conduct themselves properly in society? They're angry. They're traumatized. They're lashing out. We see the end result when we hear that oh, there's been another murder and somebody says, when is this going to stop? <laughs> well, when is it going to stop? It's going to stop when we can address these so-called root causes that we keep talking about and really providing solutions. Like, for instance, parenting classes. Parenting classes where... Parents are being taught literally how to raise their children. And especially if you come from one of those three generations that I spoke about, right? We have some parents who have more than one child out there terrorizing the island. Um, and some parents will admit it and they'll say, you know, yeah, my son has been this way and I need help. But some don't. Some will defend their children to the cows come in that regardless of what he's out there doing that's violent, the problem's not my child. The problem's son says son who he hangs with. So once these situations become public, all right, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which means they move from the secluded home and now they're impacting society. That's where I think that government, law forces, and courts need to step in and teach somebody a lesson. Because mm -hmm. if not, they're not going to wake up. Now, I'm not talking about I'm throwing away the key. You know, mm -hmm. lock them. No, 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 no. I'm actually speaking to what you said. Mm -hmm. And I, right. I mentioned it. we go to the homes mm -hmm. and say this mother mostly needs help. Where is the power? Exactly. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, and I, I, I speak very highly 
to people about, and I'm going to just call his name, um, Puini Judge Juan Wolf. Because what I have found is that he is, he's not quick to, you know, send them up the road. Um, he's willing to hear the story. He's willing to give a chance. But there are times that, you know, he has to make that decision. But again, it's like, how do we get to these families and mothers and fathers because, of course, these children didn't come here by themselves. How do we get to them and offer, for instance, listen, your child has six infractions. You know, we know what's going to come next. Both of you, mother and father, you're required to do at least six months of this parenting course or what have you, which could help to save your child. But we have to start looking at solutions because, you know, what did they say the other day? There's 250, you know, people they call gang members running amok. <laughs> uh, I'm almost, uh, I tend to believe there's way more than that, right? But we've got to reach in and sit down and strategize how we're going to help these families. Because if we don't, we just sit, grab some popcorn and watch and wait for the next one to happen. Yep. I'm in agreement with you. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, again, bouncing off the video, even though we see them as they were strong arming each other, taking up weapons and doing like, wow, powerful things like shooting guns and, and, and all this type of stuff. That's not strength. That's mm -hmm. weakness. And so they think they're strong when it's actually lack of control, lack of standard that, as you say, they don't even recognize as a lack because it's always been in many cases, what they, the do. norm, the norm. It's mm -hmm. norm. So mm -hmm. we have now in Bermuda very much the videos I get very much where there is this generation especially 35 down, where it's normal for them to lash out to me with their haircuts, with their nice clothes, and this is what we nice people do. Mm -hmm. And how do we bring them to a place of accountability? So this is where I think, again, we go back to the school. When we see that in, a, in an environment that's supposed to be safe, violence taking place, that's major. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. When we, when we see school children, I said children, mm -hmm. in uniforms, attacking, cursing, helmets, hitting, on the ground, kicking. Um, why is it that these students, we don't care enough about, watch this, we don't care enough about the culprit to actually deal with it? Mm -hmm. The victim is a victim. Exactly. The culprit, watch this. The culprit is a victim at another level that mm -hmm. we're not willing to deal with. So it's easy to say, well, put them in suspension. Well, that just made it worse. <laughs> or kick them out. <laughs> or kick them out. That just, thank you for putting them right out in society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What they need, I believe, is to slow down. They need counseling, major, them and the family. 
because you can't counsel the child, put them back in the home environment. They're just going to be a repeat offender because they're going back into that environment. We do not deal with the root situations which are at home. Yes. And Bermuda is too small and it's bursting at the seams with violence. And if you can imagine the issues that were manifesting before, right? And now on top of that, I mean, people, people have always struggled, but now we're looking at a more intense struggle as we look at the rising cost of everything, right? And now I, I said, a few of us were having a conversation when COVID started and people weren't able to work and, you know, some people were losing their jobs and, and all of that. And I said, we're going to start to see some very well-meaning, good, kind-hearted people doing some desperate things to survive. And it's happened. You know, it's happened. So on top of everything else that was already happening with the violence in the home, the unruly children, the unruly parents, the drug use, the, you know, and alcohol, all of that, um, the struggle that was going on anyway. And now there's more, like I said, of an impact because people are struggling for housing. You know, at least that house, that house that you were living in where all that stuff was going on, a lot of people right now are at risk of losing it, being evicted. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Now you've got to figure out, okay, I need housing. I don't have a job. I don't have steady income. Um, the electricity is due. I can't afford, I mean, the electricity... You see the fuel surcharge? Like, what is going on? What is going on? It's like, it, it just seems like other things are compounding what's already wrong. And nobody wants to talk about it. But let's talk about something. That's, this is probably going to be controversial. Can it be, I think as it always is, it always is, that the rich get richer? The poor get poor, and we, as long as we're making it, our heart is not really concerned to the point of action. Uh, it's it's biblical, really. Um, that as Balco um, <laughs> grocery stores two weeks ago, I said to myself, I said, "Oh, these grocery stores are expanding." Mm-hmm. They're getting warehouses. They're updating. I went to a one I don't usually go to, and I saw renovation. I said, I'll be. Here they are. So where we think there should be control, price control, crying on our government, or I should say your government, because I ran as an independent. Anyway, <laughs> the PLP government. Um. But the prices are going high. The bank interest going up. Nobody giving people a break on mortgage. Seniors are not getting as they should, who paid the way. So what we have, what I'm speaking to is actually a, we're not even looking at the violent people now. We're saying, where are those who are the responsible ones? Uh, so, the ones who are making it. 
Right. So to answer your question about whether or not the rich are getting richer, I have always believed that no matter how tough times get, the rich are always going to protect their interests. Right. So there are always, I mean, somehow, you know, most rich people, they learned money management. They learned about investments. They learned about how to do all of those things to keep their bank account topped up. Right. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't something that was passed on to us. And generation, our generations tend not to do it as well. You know, if you think about grandma and great grandma and great great grandma, they didn't, you know, they probably didn't have it to to share anyway. Right. But the rich will always protect their interests. So when we are struggling to uh, figure out where our next meal is going to come from, they're sitting down having conversations with certain individuals to figure out how they're going to eat and how their bottom line remains solid. And yet with that truth being Mm -hmm. the truth as it is, we party you drink, we smoke, we buy carnival costumes that cost money, they tell me. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we taking all of that finance and investing? Mm-hmm. Because right. we, haven't, we haven't learned. It goes all the way back to what we see, what young people are learning in the household. What they're learning in the household, we see it manifested in society. If you can't If you've never learned how to prioritize and make wiser decisions or to stop and at least think about the consequences of making certain decisions that are going to put you in a hole later, then you're just going to continue to repeat the behaviors that you know what to do. And then, you know, there's, I think a large part of it has to do with the whole keeping up with the Joneses as well. Yeah, yeah. The Joneses, girl, but <laughs> you know, we gotta keep up with the Joneses and and uh-huh. and we see a lot of our people that okay, if you've got if you've got this, then guess what? You I'm gonna get one that's a little better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It may cost me a little, it may cost me a little more, but everybody's gonna talk about mine, not yours. But certain other people are sitting down strategizing in that business move. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me read a couple of comments and then we'll continue and mm-hmm. go back up. So some interesting ones. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm glad she's saying it, my daughter. Uh, there's a root to the madness. Her upbringing has something to do with it indeed. Yep. And I, I always put a um, statement in there. It doesn't mean that our homes are perfect and all that. Right. <laughs> but certainly I always say this. My child ain't going to take up no gun and going to be doing full foolishness. They may miss it here and there, but the, the evil and the wickedness, that's, that's another, another level. Uh, Janice, we feed them violence and entertainment and awarding these shows and expect them to behave peacefully. Again, not being monitored. Uh, yes, all prophesied in the Bible, indeed. And in the book of Revelation, it says, don't harm the oil and the wine. And that's a throw to the fact that rich people, as you said, will always manage theirs. That's what they've done. Now, this is key to me right here. And I'm going to speak to it. The thing is, we were a more united people 
when we were, quote unquote, poor. Now that we have more, we are so much less united. Yeah, because like we if I made it, all of a sudden you're down there. Mm-hmm. You're not worthy of my presence. Right. That show off pious um, type of attitude. Um, and here's something I don't want us to miss that our strength 50 years ago, uh, 60 years ago, maybe 40, was the fact that we were a godly people. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I will repeat it to the hills. If you're a part of a church community, you sh- you look after each other. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are struggling because they're not involved in a church. They're not a part of a church family. The right. church family usually covered things when your family didn't have. We would help our brother, help our sister. Mm-hmm. But now people made it without the church, gotten rich, mm-hmm. and now have lost the bridge and the connection to what should be held. What's greater than than the money is the unity and the family uh, that cared for each other. Mm -hmm. And that's why we can say something like when my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will take me up, meaning the church will take care of her own. That's not happening this day. And so, you know, where where do we learn the morals? Where do we learn um, mama and and or daddy may not be showing it? Right. Also, let let me be clear in saying that there are homes that are not Christian homes and they're doing fine. And a lot of that is because they are financially safe. Mm -hmm. But they also have they also have some form of spiritual grounding. It may not be Christianity, but they have some sort of grounding. And 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 that definitely helps. But I just find that for a lot of people that just don't have any form of spiritual growth, you can't learn to like people. You can't learn to respect people. You can't learn about the consequences of consequences. You just can't learn these things because you have no spiritual grounding, whatever that may be. So, you know, I mean, gosh, when I was growing up, Gosh, you had to go to Sunday school. You had to go to church. And I remember, I remember one of the first times, I must have been about 16. And, um, you know, that was the time that you, when you got your bike and you had a bit more independence. And, like, my friends were going to the football game, right? And my parents and my grandmother, they told us straight, well, if, if you don't go to church, you don't get anywhere else. So, and that was the end of it. It wasn't a discussion. It wasn't, you know, going to stand up and argue and, and, and justify and have a debate about it. You just were not going. So in order to do X, Y, and Z, you had to go to church. And that was my, my upbringing when I decided to open up my homeschool and I used a Christian-based curriculum. Thankfully, I had my youngest son in that environment. He was in that homeschool. But again, that was a, a bit of a ticklish subject for me because I also recognize that within such a rise of single-parent homes, and of course, the Sunday openings, you remember the stores started opening on Sundays. They never used to be. But mama's got to go out and make that dollar 
in order for ants to meet. So certain things are happening. And what's happening is that we're starting to see the erosion of the family. Um, I shouldn't say starting. It's been in existence for a while. The erosion of the family. And with that comes the erosion of morals and the erosion of standards. Complete erosion. And it's breaking at the foundation. And things are crumbling. And we are seeing the result in the community. We're seeing it. And so, and so we're the normal family structure is eroding. Here we have street family. Sense this is my family. A sense of belonging. Yeah. A sense of belonging. And mm -hmm. I think that is the big key. I'm going to say just a request. Like I can make mountains move of myself. Fathers, go get your sons. And guess what? If but if they're not going to go get them, then this is where the law, legislation, whatever you want to call it, should force them to go get them. Because so. they did not come here on their own. And again, just like we have some people, I mean, we've heard the old saying that when you give birth to a child, there is no manual. There is no book that's going to tell you, you know, okay, turn to page 17. And this will tell you what to do in the child back talks. You know, there is no manual. And I believe that most people do the best they can with what they know and oftentimes repeat what they saw their mother and their grandmothers doing. You know, like what would my mom or my grandma do? Rather, it was the right thing or, or not so wise. But that's our point of reference. So it's the same thing with the fathers. If he hasn't had any man in his life to show him what it's like to be a man, first of all, now you've got another responsibility as a father. You've got to be a father to somebody. We have to get them to that point where, okay, enough is enough. You Somehow, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to force them. You're going to have to. It's going to have to be legislated. We're looking at this problem and it's not getting any better. So we all know the good old definition of insanity. If we're not willing to try something new, then let's again just grab our popcorn, sit back, and wait for the next episode. Yep, we and have we to do something. To do that. Mm -hmm. And one minute... Bermudians are brazen, full of mouth. But I want to see this happen right here. Where the fathers that are in Bermuda somewhere, got a paycheck somewhere, have them hold the responsibility. They got a whole pile of mouth. I hear a lot of people talk. I'm like, I, I don't see any action. Yeah. Make them be accountable for the seed they produced. Yes. If not that seed at some point, many, not all, will feel the deficit and a mother cannot do it all. And you're right, the economy opening up stores on, on a Sunday so she has no choice but to work. She doesn't even get a choice. She can't even say, um, you know, I really need to be encouraged. So can I have Sundays off? Nope. No. It's a whole different situation now. We're not the Bermuda of the 1960s and 70s. So you're going to have to work. If you want to have a job on Sunday or on your on a Saturday, all types of things. Then this, this really hurts me right here. So I want to speak about this. 
Sunshine League had 99 years. I say they wouldn't even let them reach 100. Mm. And they got clothes done under the former government. Our government came in. I didn't see our homes improving anywhere. Rangman home, Sunshine League home, the home on Parsons Road for the boys. Where are the safe houses for the children? Because I I try to deal with one one child who was in like practically a drug no a drug house. Yes. We couldn't even get the homes, the um agency from Bermuda to call me back. Mm -hmm. I, I was tired. I was wounded. And she's just one of many. Where are the homes? Again, yeah. is it that we're so comfortable and I'm making my what six figures? Hmm. You know, making a grand. Yep. But we, I was just having a conversation yesterday with somebody. We were talking about the, the home on Palmetto Road and just talking about, you know, the, the youngsters that find themselves in that system, but they're only allowed to stay until a certain age. And then open the door. You got to go. But where are they going? Where are they and going? The thing right. still with unresolved issues. Unresolved issues. That have not been um, knitted as they should have been because that should be a time when the father if he's going through whatever is encouraged or, and or the mother uh, encouraged and someone yep Janice wrote this and this is what somebody posted even on Facebook I saw a post today we must also address the mothers who will not allow the fathers to access their children of course of course again both of you met the child and you mm -hmm. decided to lay down with them. You know how it goes. I'm old yes. school. Yes. We <laughs> parents. But let, let me let me let me speak to that. And again, this is where intervention is required because I think sometimes, and it could be a mother or a father, you have this child, and the mother recognizes, or the father recognizes, let's say five, six years into this child's life. There is something extremely detrimental about the other parent that if the child is allowed to spend a lot of time with this parent, whether it's the mother or the father, this child is really going to be in trouble. You know, and it's unfortunate, it is very unfortunate that this comes to light after the child is born, right? Just imagine, just imagine if before two people have a child, they have to go through um, DNA testing and they have to go through a period of, let's say, six months of counseling. And then they also have a social inquiry report <laughs> on each parent. Imagine if everybody had to go through that before a decision is made to say, okay, you know yeah. what? No, 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 because this is this, this going to be a lifelong problem. Or Yes, you two are a perfect match. Right? Just imagine if people had to go through all of that before having a child, and just imagine what you know what the world would be like now if if decisions could be made that way before it actually happens. Yeah. Well, what we have currently—I mean, not currently, like, like mm -hmm. decades now—is um, folks getting together sexually for sensuality mm -hmm. and not for sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sensuality and not for sense yes. and so it's something that means that that child if you can imagine 
even in, in the womb, is a combination of not 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 sincere love. Mm -mm. And people they, don't realize, you know, people don't realize that the importance of that as a child is growing inside the mother's womb, all of these outside factors play a very significant role. You know, I was, I've seen, oh my gosh, I saw a couple, this was some time back, the, the poor young woman looked like she had to have been ready to give birth any day. But there was a vicious argument going on with her and the, the child's father, we presume. But and I'm trying to explain to at least whichever one of them would listen, this is having an effect on the unborn child, and they just couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. Like people don't realize that you can bring a child into this world already traumatized. And God forbid if there's drugs also, you know, one of the parents has been using drugs. That child is doomed from the start. Yep. Very stressful. Um the environment, so the womb environment, then the room environment from one to another. And if you have immature people, we're mature. Mm -hmm. Immature people that think because they have body parts that can do mature things, they're just as mature as you and me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but these many of them, too many, depending on financial assistance, their own parents or grandparents to make up for what they don't have. Exactly. And you know, one thing that I taught my girls and prayerfully they'll continue to heed to it mm -hmm. is I'm not going to raise any children with mm -hmm. my last name mm -hmm. <laughs> that are not my children. Mm -hmm. And I give them the clue, hence I'm 57 and I have no grands as yeah, yet. <laughs> because it's a burden. And, and would the children be beautiful? Yes. If no matter who they had them with, yes. And would they be mine? Oh, yes. That's not a question. However, would they have the best life possible with influence from mom and dad? Yeah. My girls, all girls, they're daddy, daddy's girls. Right. What about the girls that don't have daddies? What about the boys that don't learn how to treat a woman from their father? You see, this is what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And then as a pastor, I'm going to say this. They're not brought to church to see this. I'm not saying all churches are perfect. However, they're not, they don't see couples. They don't see loving. They don't understand God loves me. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't have the best of whatever, whatever, God loves me. Let me mm -hmm. tell you a little story real quick. I grew up mom, dad, and house, right? Not wealthy by any means. <laughs> not at all. I had a best friend. Plenty money, plenty money. Oh, yeah. Pool, red horses. Went for Mandigate with the white people. Oh, I got to experience that. Yet, I was blessed to go back home because it's one thing she didn't have. That's God like we did at our home. Mm -hmm. So, whereas they went astray and got into drugs and stuff, we didn't. And so... The wealth is in the quality of having, I'm going back to something you said, that line, that standard. Mm -hmm. Bermuda is missing that standard, and they refuse to get back to God, refuse 
Like they're just going to fight, do anything except the insanity process yes. of what we see going on. Mm-hmm. And so solutions I'm hearing, especially from tonight that we're speaking to getting into families, dealing with mothers and fathers. There needs to be a program by government that says this, we are going into the homes. No, not physically, not literally. But when the school and the, well, the preschools point out A, B, and C, your child, we care enough for them mm-hmm. that we're going to come in and assist you. Right. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a shameful process. That's the other thing. You know, yeah. I think I think oftentimes when people well, people who even need help, there's a, a level of shame involved where it's a case of, well, what will people think? You know, and this, this goes for even people who need um, financial assistance. I mean, I've heard some stories about that too. You already feel badly about the fact that you need this help. And now you're going to go and tell this story to somebody about needing the help who you don't know. And they're showing no empathy. And you've got to sit here and pour out your heart and soul and then put it all on paper as to why you need this help. And you just don't feel comfortable. So I think a lot of people don't bother asking for help, um, especially in, in a community this, this small, because it's embarrassing. It's, it's, it, there's, and that's what I'm saying. Like we need this as a solution. We need for parents to come together and and talk about these things and have a safe space in which to talk about them and share ideas from each other, support each other. You know, but I, I'm telling you, know you what, what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you agreeing, and I want to add this to that. Would you rather? go through what you just spoke about, sitting before somebody not being comfortable or not dealing with the situation and and end up having your child killed or murdering somebody or being in a gang and not having that life that they should have. It's, it's, I think people would prefer the latter, but they have to get past the shame. And sometimes by the time you get past that, it's too late, but it's, you know, it could take take six months. 12 months just to work up the courage to say, okay, you know what? I need help. I need help for this daughter. I need help for this son. I need help for myself. It's difficult. And when you finally get to that point, a whole number of things could have happened that is just detrimental to like everything that you feel. You know, your your own esteem is shredded. Your, you know, you know, you, you're just not feeling good about yourself and you're wondering, you know, unfortunately in this community, um, a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about or worrying about what other people think. And I, I try my best to get people to have conversations with people, you know, about this because I, I've, I passed that stage um, a couple of decades ago. I actually had a situation that I was dealing where I was really worried about it. Oh my gosh, what are people going to think? And it was eaten away at me. And I'm just like, how am I going to deal with this? And once I got past that and realized how much energy was being put 
in that and how it was keeping me from progressing. Hey, I tell people all the time, I heard somebody say a long, long time ago, look at the world's population. What are we at? 7.9, almost 8 billion. And I thought it was going to be a whole lot less than that before these deaths. But nonetheless, you're looking at about 8 billion people. If you can come to terms with the fact that if someone is really talking about you in this worldwide population, they've got time to talk about you. Do you realize how important you are? Like, you are the bomb. They're the, they can talk about anybody else. They can talk about any other situation. But they're talking about you. Yeah, that's, that's a mindset. That's a mindset people have to develop. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. And, and really, what we're talking about is shame and pride. Okay, rest your pride down for a minute. Mm -hmm. Release the shame because you want to have gain. You, you've got to think about your future. If you only think about now, you get stuck. So you have to think ahead. Let me read a few of the comments here. Um, yeah, okay. Tyra is saying, hi, Tyra. Boys become traumatized by the unhealthy relationships their mothers had or have. Of course. Again, the, the boys, especially because they're God-created men to cover, protect, and all that. So that messes up. It, it just goes farther down the, the, the family line, the structure mm -hmm. of the family. All right. Janice is saying that line wasn't just a home standard, but a society standard. Now, that's the truth. You couldn't embarrass right? the family. You couldn't embarrass the family. <laughs> you know, before the internet, there, there was something because if you acted up at school, you didn't even want to go home. How that happened? Yeah, because they were because people really care. Mm -hmm. You care now, people take offense. Leave my child alone. Don't say nothing. Mm -hmm. But then they say, "This is what irritates me." Mm -hmm. It's leave my child alone. My M Y O B. Mind your own business. Then they say it takes a village. Yes, <laughs> yes, I, right, exactly. Now that's a that's a that's a conversation amongst us. But you saw it happening. Why didn't you say anything? Because you tell me my man business. You don't want anybody to correct your child. You know, but okay, so give me the parameters as to when I should step in. Like, let me know. It's crazy. People say, well, if you see something, say something. But don't say anything. Just mind your business. What do you want? What do you want us to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? so it's that pride aspect yeah. of I'm in trouble mm -hmm. and but I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> but guess what? Bermuda's going to find out about it yeah. at some point. And add, and add their spin to it. <laughs> Which makes spin it worse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Recreate all creativity. Janice is saying, yeah, that's why I told my daughters, seven to eight billion people. And are they worried about you? Oh, exactly. Exactly. That's how we've Somebody actually, um, <laughs> just the past few months, I was having a conversation with somebody about, you know, a really, really good friend of mine and how we gel together and sharing ideas and whatever. And the person said, you should hear how badly they talk about you. I said, me? I said, really? You know, but at least they told me who it was. Now, I, don't, I didn't go back to find out if it's even true because I also know that there are people carry a, a, a level of jealousy especially when they see people you know making progress together but mm -hmm. 
I I can honestly say, and I know it's difficult. It's extremely difficult for most people. But I tell you, as sure as I'm sitting here, I am not bothered by what people say about me. I'm really not bothered. I, I, I am not bothered. Have your conversation. You know, go right ahead. Because, like I said, at that time, I'm the most important person in the world. And I look at you know, We talk about people. And we all talk about people. And I'm talking about somebody to somebody else. That's who's most important for that time. Rest assured, another situation is going to come up, whether it's world news or another situation with somebody else. We're we're going to shift our focus at some point. You're not going to be the talk of the town forever. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Bermuda, it's our Bermuda, our concern, small 20 miles of an island. And I am hoping and praying that folks hear this and begin to understand that greater than there are now is what's to come. Now, it can be greater in a devastating way or in a beautiful way. But if we don't deal with the violence, if we don't deal with the lack of care, if we don't deal with the lack of morals, you can legislate morals. Nope. But I tell you what, the, the, if you don't have morals, the legal system's going to take over. Yeah. I, I don't like that. So we've got to get a grip of our homes. Now, this is an interesting statement. Oh, boy. I think we'll comment on this. Leave my child alone, MYOB turns into a GoFundMe page for a funeral. Now, that's a big, nah, nah, yep. superintendent, you're going to make me have a few more animals. <laughs> you know what I feel like? Your yeah. family, reach out to your family, your the grandparents, everybody put your money in. Because that's a part of not taking responsibility for having children. Because mm-hmm. now you want the village that you didn't want to help guide you to now help pay for certain things. I ain't paying, don't I? Go, no. All right. Just like now, quick, quick example. We, the children of Raymond and Diane Russell, have to do what we have to do for our parents because they are the ones that su- supplied for us when we yes. were children. Yes. Right. They did everything for us. So it is our responsibility and grandchildren extended. That's the right thing to do. So really, in many and most cases, what we are doing is adding fuel to the fire of irresponsibility. Yep. Because they are now going to, all I got to do is put out a sub story and everybody's just going to jump in and help. But how do we, we got to get back to the root? Why are we having children? Why are we sleeping with people, male, females, that we don't want to have a future with mm-hmm. and producing children that we cannot manage or provide for as they deserve? So hence they become disenfranchised and feel justified in their mind. It's their world. It's what they grew up doing in carrying forth certain activities. I mean, I mean, really, we can murder someone and make up a song about it. Um, that means that their mind is set. Something yes, they yes. are definitely not where I am. Yeah, you are exactly, but and that, that's what I was speaking exactly. about. Yeah, that's that's what I was speaking about earlier. But it's the mindset that's coming out of some of these homes, you know. And I, my heart always breaks for the parent, usually the mothers, you know, because let's face it, a lot of these are happening in in single parent homes, but. I just cannot imagine, you know, there's, there are a lot of mothers out there who have tried really hard. They've done the best they 
can do. And some of them have been pleading for their child's fathers to get involved and to no avail. Um, I always say to women, if you are meeting a man who has children, who does not take care of his children, that's the first sign. Go the other way. If he says things to you like, well, you know, I'm trying to get involved with my child's life, but the mama does and he starts calling the mama a whole barrage of negative names, go the other way. Go the other way. I just find that a lot of women are justifying and, and, and making excuses for some of these wayward men to fit into their box or their circle. However, you know what? He really is trying to be a good father, but the mother is, whose story are you taking? You're going by what he's saying? You know, like, this is utter nonsense. But mm-hmm. if you look at it, right, like, like I, <laughs> I, I'm not as social out and about as I used to be, especially since COVID. But it's amazing to see some of these guys who, you know, they're with this person. And then another six months, there was somebody else. And the same guy, another three to four months, there was somebody else. And I'm like, all these women are giving him a chance. It's like, aren't any of you smart enough to realize that there's got to be something? Like, he's the common denominator here, where he can't last for more than about three to six months with anybody, right? He's got children he doesn't take care of. And you've listened to his sob story. You're mothering him. You're pampering him and making him feel like like a king with his cracked crown and he is not taking care of his children and has nothing nice to say about the mother of his child or his children. Something's wrong with that picture. Something is very wrong with that picture. You know, but Um, and, and, and maybe having some sons out there some sons out there that need his support or some daughter out there that needs to see or needs daddy to show her what you know the real treatment is from a man but no you're so busy running around you know female swapping every few months and in that case I blame the females I ain't blaming him I'm blaming the women because they're not wise enough to dig a little deeper to get to the root of what's going on well that goes back to the fact of what have they seen if they had a father who was right there on point honoring their mama and stuff, they might look for that. I said, might look for that same type of person. Yeah. And so we have a lot of deficits going on. I would say now, um, as we begin to wind down and thank you everyone for your comments, Tyra, I see you there. Time and consistency means more than any amount of money. That's the, the presence of somebody is the greatest present that they can have, yeah. all right? Um, I had to respond to a Facebook post tonight. He said, well, what if the mother, uh, I'm trying to see my child. I said, go to court. Go to court. If you had a father, go to court. Not only that. Listen, I, I tell people at this stage, at this stage of the game, the social media, go public. Um, I mean, you don't even have to go and call somebody's name, but I think if we saw more men speaking up, about wanting a relationship, they're not calling about his name, but he's simply out here as a father saying, "You know what? I've got two wayward sons, and I want a relationship with them." 
but there are some obstacles. Like, just tell your story. Tell your story. Dan, that's where we can go back to some of the gentlemen that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. They can also receive that manly support. Exactly. And, and these types. that yep. They can learn how to control their temper because they're going to get mad. You know, how not to flare up and, and how to begin to make their way where they will um, get to be with their children and have that relationship. Relationships will keep the ship. Yeah. A broken relationships will sink the ship and yep. Bermuda is leaking. Is leaking. She's leaking. And that hell is going to stay tiny, but for so long. <laughs> big leap, big leap. Yes. So I think, again, I, I, you know, we don't want to ever talk. I've heard solutions dealing with the, the males and getting to their seed, making them responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's where the courts, you know, you, you can find me, you know, yeah. the, the, the I, I got places that call me, say, oh, you, you ain't paying. I'm like, yes, you did. But they, and I show them my idea. Point being is they can find me, mm-hmm. find these fathers on 20 miles if they're on the island, and let's do something about that. Exactly. Let's also understand the wealth of information we can get from preschool teachers as to we're already extremely concerned about this little one. Or any teacher. any teacher, you look at look. I can almost assure you that eighty percent or so of people that are going before the courts um, for serious offenses talk to a teacher. Chances are they will be slightest bit surprised. But overall, and you and I were both in the education system. You shut teachers down. You blame teachers. You make teachers take more courses. Mm-hmm. You make teachers become more professionals, mm-hmm. but you don't give them the leeway where they're able to say, I'm not going to teach this child no. until this child receives help from government, from the minister of education, put his signature on this, mm-hmm. that this child needs help. And if we care about this child, these children, then we need to address the situation before they become a community situation, which is a whole lot of what we have happening now. Absolutely. We're dropping the ball somewhere. If the home misses it, the teachers won't miss it. The nope. teachers will not miss it. I feel sorry Te- for some of my teacher colleagues. Boy, I hear their stories and I'm like, wow. You know, the burnout, the, it, you know, it, start, it starts, the bottom line for me is that this starts in the and if we don't tackle that first, you know, if, if if a plant is dying, we're not looking at the top of the plant. We're trying to figure out why is it dying? Is, is, is the soil enriching? You know, is it? Do we need to dig it up and plant it somewhere else? Um, are we giving it the wrong, you know, combination of water and nutrients? We're looking for solutions and this is the this is the same attitude that we have to take with our families and our youth and and these parents who are just not parenting yeah they're not they have children but they're not parents Mm -mm. okay they're temporary babysitters at times and yeah um, (laughs) just not being an on-call 24-7 parent Yep. 
I know. You know, I always like to give a shout out to single parents that do make it and their children are wonderful because, wow, that is fabulous. It's not easy. I'm telling you, it is not easy because, I mean, I've been down that road and I tell people, you know, you can you can pour the best and the most into your children. And I'm not even talking about pouring into them in terms of everything they want, but pouring in terms of what they need, what is required. And you just kind of hope and pray every day that they will not stray from it. Will they sometimes? Of course. And that's the one where you're like, oh my goodness, I never thought that was coming. You know, the whole world like shocked. But it's it's not easy. But there's a huge sacrifice to be spoken of for parents, whether they're mothers or fathers who are raising their children by themselves. You know, but again, yeah. I just want to emphasize too, because we, we, we see that in many cases, the, the issue is that the father is missing. You know, and last week at the end of, uh, of our part one, I named a lot of men who I have a lot of faith and confidence in, in this community. Um, yesterday, I met one more. It was just amazing. We were in a meeting and I'm listening to this young man speaking. I'm just like, oh my. My gosh, where has he been all my life? Right? I mean, he's amazing. These are the type of people that we need out there mentoring our males. And so, government, I mean, you're saying something big right here. So, this list mm-hmm. and more, you know, some and, and, and others would know some. Why is this not a collective list, list. that government can use as a resource? to deal with these little ones we're talking about, not only the children, but the fathers. Mm-hmm. I, I just think things can be done in 20 mm-hmm. miles. Well, I think I, sometimes, I, I, yeah, because, so, I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, one's opinion might require, you know, a bit more vetting, <laughs> so to speak. However, I can assure you that all the men that I mentioned last week Hang on, those skeletons in their closet, which should be hidden while they're mentoring males. They, they are yeah. excellent fathers. They are excellent community members. They, they're just, they're, they're phenomenal. And we need more like that in the community. And I, and I will say this for anyone who is watching, you know, especially mothers, single mothers who require uh, a, a strong man, um, a dynamic man to just help you along with raising your children, your son or your daughter, contact me. I'll put you in touch with one or two of them. I will. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a good note to wind down on that you have as a resource right here to lead you to uh, community workers, community carers, uh, men especially, which are needed. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not a woman's world. No. When no. It comes to, we've got to have the structure there. And so you have Seanette here, reach out to her. You can reach out to myself. We can direct you somewhere um, so that your child that was born full of 100% potential of being a a contributor to Bermuda, to the world, yeah. the world's small world. Why are we limiting them? We don't want that. 
We yeah. want your children to have the best life possible mm-hmm. rather than fearing or, or settling for anything that is less than what they deserve. Exactly. So again, Shonette, it's been wonderful having this conversation. Absolutely. And yeah, the first one's on TV right now. Okay. So, oh yeah, it's playing. Um, because I believe you just keep, we, we, we just keep putting out as much ideas and solutions and hope and somebody's going to get it. Yeah. Somebody's going to get it. Yes. You know, God is going to have us to make a difference somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it makes this time that we've carved out from very busy schedules well worth it. Yeah. This is our computer. So any final words before I wind down? Well, before I give my final word for all my friends who are watching from overseas, because I've been checking my phone and I have tons and tons of messages um, <laughs> on my phone. The sound that you hear in the background, for those of you who are not in Bermuda, it is our whistling tree frog. The, that's the, the Bermuda sound. Um, last week, uh, to, in some part of the, the presentation we heard the neighbor's dog so we're going from dogs to frogs <laughs> tonight but my my closing words would be first of all thank you for the invitation to participate in this conversation we definitely need to keep these conversations alive on a regular basis and not um when something happens this is for everybody in the community we don't want to wait and then have a conversation. Stuff is happening. And we also have to be mindful of the fact that a lot of things are happening that are not being reported. So it's it's constant. There's a lot of stuff that's not being reported. But let's keep having the conversation. Um, I would ask that people just stop being so edgy and defensive and listen. Listen, reach out to someone. You know, you can reach out to either the, the two of us if you're needing some sort of support or guidance with your children. Um, I know both of us have a lot of resources, you know, but I would just, you know, I, I just pray for everybody's safety. I, I'd love to believe that, you know, we're not going to have any more serious violence for the rest of this year, but at the rate we're going, um, looking at the statistics and not being cynical, we're due to have at least five more. You know, it's, it is what it is, but it's it's painful, and we shouldn't be living like this. So I just encourage everybody, everybody, to just, you know, we're coming out of COVID, people are coming out, they're doing more, and tempers are flaring, and the summer's coming, it's going to be a long, hot summer. Just Behave yourself. Control yourself. And that- Make it just like a good teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, lady. Thank, Thank you so much. And um, we'll continue to talk because, again, as you just said, this is not an occasion. It's a part of a caring journey. Yeah. And um, when when we feel moved, we just need to do this. Get together. Talk about what we care about, our Bermuda, our beautiful children, our wonderful people that simply need help. I needed help one day. I don't know about anybody else. 
All right. <laughs> Y'all got a story. I'm got a story. Yep. You're not alone. That's what we need to have people to understand. So mm -hmm. forget your shame, forget your pride. We want you to be better mm -hmm. so that your children become better. All yes. right. Thank you. Thank you, Sonette. Thank um, you, my friend. And thank you to everybody who took the time to watch, to comment, to message. Thank you. I'm going to check all these messages now. <laughs> Have a good evening. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. And just know you have blessed my heart in helping to make a difference. And likewise. I appreciate, I appreciate you. I really do. Likewise. Likewise. Right. Thanks so much. God bless. Take care. We'll do you too. Amen. So there you have it. Wow. Another time, and I see your comments, folks. Excellent conversation. Yep, thank you, Deaconess Nancy. She's saying um, excellent and much-needed discussion, Pastor and Sister Shawnette. Blessings, continue blessings to you both. Well, we, we shall continue to um, speak to it. If not, it's like putting it in a closet, you're hiding it, and it's just going to get worse. Bermuda. Our home, our children, let's make a difference where we can. Reach out. As a pastor, you know I'm going to say it, that God has given a solution whereby you will be able to connect, have help, but you've got to make the first step. You've got to decide, you know what? I'm going to saddle myself so that my family can be saddled. I'm going to hear from the creator who created me, who saw that I had children, they were created. Ultimately, God is in control. If we really want to go to the root, we've got to get back to God. We go back to God, he'll help us to deal with our roots and the fruit that is produced. All right? The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, Goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. What if all of the parents and the young people develop this fruit? What? That's a fix right there. So we're missing a lot because we refuse to hear God, to hear God's servant, to hear the prophetic voice of wisdom and experience because we want to have it our way. That's not going to work. My way is not going to work. We've got to do it God's way. The Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven, not saying it because we've memorized it, but saying it because we mean it and we want our children to mean it. Forgive us as we so that as we give we forgive those that trespass against us. Oh, this is rich stuff, but we've taken away the word, we've taken away the answer, and we wonder why we see the darkness that we see. Let's let the light in. Let's do it the Bible way. Let's do it God's way. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you. And especially a shout out to my eldest. I just love her dearly and am so blessed that she is yet giving and kind hearted when it could have been otherwise. Why? Because of God, his mercy, his grace. Shekinah, thank you. Friends and family, blessings abound. That's what I'm saying. I'll see you the next time. Blessings. Bye-bye.